don't call it a pee-pee or a hoo-ha. Talking with your children about sex. It's a recent Medium post from April 24th. So as a clinician in private practice, one of the phrases that I frequently hear myself saying to parents is this. Please don't call it a pee-pee or a hoo-ha. Yes, this may very well be one of the silliest phrases that I ever say, but it illustrates my point about talking to our children about sex. That is, to be honest and without shame. And perhaps part of why I make it a gentle, lighthearted comment about hoo-hahs and pee-pees is that I'm sitting with a parent who is not, often not, in a lighthearted situation. Often we are talking about talking to children about sex because their child may have been sexually abused. And this brings me to the first important why of having this conversation because it is about your child's safety. You see, talking to our children about sexuality helps to protect them. We talk to our children about not touching a hot stove, about how to tie their shoes, and about riding a bike. We talk to them about other aspects of their bodies. We should certainly be clear about all of their body and what various parts are called. Call it a vagina, Call it a penis and testicles. The alternative is that at some point your child is sitting in front of a child protective services investigator who cannot make a clear determination because they are not sure what, quote, fine china and, quote, peanuts actually refers to. Yes, it may seem funny, except that if someone is abusing your child, you want them to be able to describe what happened. Talk with your child about their bodies early and often. These conversations are not one and done. When they are very young, the conversation is often along the lines of, this is called your penis slash maybe vagina. Remember that this is a place we usually keep covered if anyone makes you feel uncomfortable about your penis or your vagina. It is always okay to talk to us about it. You won't be in trouble. So don't make a huge deal out of it, parents. Again, when we do make a huge deal out of it, we signal shame when we make this a super serious talk with a child. Remember to use the same sort of tone as when you're explaining colors shapes, or how to catch a ball. Reducing shame increases conversation. When we call genitalia by cutesy names, we put shame on those parts of our body. So if anything happens there, to our penis or our vagina, then that child is doubly reluctant to talk about it. After all, the reason we as the adults use the cutesy name is because it is difficult for us to talk about, especially with our children. Yes, you may very well end up with a child who says, I fell on the monkey bars and hurt my vagina in church. That is okay. Yes, you may have the child who says out loud in the grocery store, when I touch my penis, it gets hard and it hurts and it is hard to pee. That is okay too. Just say to them, that is normal, just wait a minute, and try again. Do your own 
work around sex and sexuality. So, as a therapist who works with a wide variety of people, both young and older, I run into a lot of people who have difficulty talking about sex and sexuality. Often that is related to abuse that occurred, but it could also be related to early messages that you received about sex as a child or an adolescent. If you have heard over and over that sex is bad, wrong, sinful, and that parts of your body are dirty or naughty, then trying to have a healthy sexual relationship as an adult is not so easy. But you are a parent. This likely means that you had sex along the way to parenthood. So, as a parent now, it is your job to think about how you approach sex and sexuality so that you can give your child a healthier view of their own body, how it behaves, and how it can eventually interact with another body, sexually. Try talking with your spouse or partner more openly. Or find a trusted friend with whom you can be open about this aspect of your life. Consider talking with a therapist if these first steps feel too challenging. Remember that it is okay to share your values around sex with your child. Once you have established that talking about sex is okay, it is certainly right and good to share your values around sex. If you believe that sex should be reserved to a monogamous couple, preferably in a marriage, then say so. There are definitely some religious values that many of us have around sex. This is okay to share with your child. But remember this, that preserving a relationship with your child is important enough that if your child steps outside those values, leave them a path to come home. Remember and remind them that you love them and care for them, no matter what might happen, whether it is something that happened to them or something that they did. Remember, too, that a child's normal self-centeredness makes them feel that something that happened to them may be their fault. Be honest and accurate and age-appropriate. So your three-year-old does not need to know what an orgasm is. A 15-year-old might wonder, but potentially be embarrassed to ask. Remember that this conversation is an ongoing conversation that starts with naming body parts appropriately, but it ends with details about how their body works, how to protect themselves, how you believe that your values matter, and how you love them. Do not lie or attempt to scare your children. They need to trust their parents to be the ones who are giving them clear, honest, accurate information about their bodies. If you lie or attempt to scare them, they will stop talking to you. And as a therapist, I would much rather sit with you and your child having an awkward but light conversation about sex and sexuality than having to work our way through the distortions that come from sexual abuse. So, please don't call it a pee-pee or a hoo-ha. As they move into adolescence, they will have enough body image issues. They can reckon with these 
without at least without feeling shame about their penis or their vagina. I mean, after all, this is biology. This is about their health. Treat sex just as you would any other health issue with your child. As a note of explanation, I am a clinical social worker, and I work in a fairly rural area with few clinicians. So if you're a licensed mental health professional like me, it is a place where you can still make a good go of it in private practice. But what that also means is that you will work with a wide variety of people, even more so if you are willing to and competent working with children. For me, I see children, adolescents, and adults with a few older adults and couples thrown in too. It can make for a fun and varied day in the office. If you're listening to this recording and it's helpful, I'm glad, but um, please know that listening to something like this, while it may be educational and helpful, is no substitute for seeing a clinician. So I hope that you're able to find somebody in your area that, uh, that you feel a good alliance with and can be helpful to you.